fastest reset ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think for some reason it wasn't picking you up when you were talking. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But it looks to be working now, so. Anyway, so, no, Brian, it's it's time for another another episode of Epic Turn. You, you should know this by now. Okay. Okay. As long as you're, as long as you're aware of what we're about to do. That's one way of putting it. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, so on the topic we did like way back when, the whole college of gaming, the whole idea from my uh, good buddies at the Lakeland Role Playing Guild, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to do another another segment. And this one I want to do on player backgrounds. And not just for the players, but also for GMs. Yeah. No, it, the, it makes me sad, though, because we put a call out on Twitter for people to give us like player backgrounds. I didn't get any. You didn't get any through the feedback channel? No. Not even th- not even with Aloy? No. Aloy, if you're listening to this, I am so disappointed. Yep. 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 Everybody else is forgiven but Aloy. No, but anyway, it's it's because I've been reading a lot of Corporea uh recently mm-hmm. to because I'm you know, I'm kind of gearing up for to do a Corporea run. And Yeah, my book came in. Yes, yeah, so did mine. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. We're in the books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's actually your picture. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I opted for the not taking my picture. That's good. I probably, you know, increased the value of the book a little bit by, by going that way. Yeah, probably about, you know, 10 cents. But, um, but no, I, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, I've been reading Corporea. And the one thing that I've been doing is because I'm not going to run it in the Corporea setting. Like the more I think about it, I just don't like it. But I really like the system. What, wait, wait, wait! What don't you like about the the, the setting? I, I'm just not an Arthurian legend kind of person. <sighs> That's just how I am. I thought it was really neat. It is a neat idea. It is a great setting just from reading it. But it's just not my cup of tea. Too, not enough Cthulhu for you. There is not enough Cthulhu, but I could probably I could probably still run as has it intended. I just have to start splicing my own elements. I still might, but and it would take place not. It would take place in probably Huntsville where we're at, just for the sake of knowing locations. Mm. But I don't know. I'm I'm kind of iffy on the whole idea of running games in the city you're in. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, I just. <sighs> I don't know, it loses a little bit of the fantasy element to it. I mean, like, you have a concrete point of reference about where things are and stuff, but it loses mm-hmm. a little bit of the imagination role, too. Does it? Because I know every time I walk by the bank, I can only think about, you know, characters dying there by the banks. <laughs> but Yeah, but, you know, you say, hey, we're going to go down to the regions downtown, and that's where we are. I know exactly what that looks like. Yeah, that should help your imagination. No, it it limits my imagination. It's like reading a book after you've seen a, a TV show version of something. You you see that character that looks from the show in your head. That's true. That is absolutely true. <laughs> Where before that happens, you can you you just you get your own mental image that you build up of what they look like. No, that's true. And who they are and how they act and their mannerisms. But when you have that concrete point of reference, it it puts these uh, limitations around your a sandbox for your uh, and not in the you can do anything you want kind of way. Are you saying that I can only build sand castles in my sandbox then? 
very limited ones. Mm. I don't know. I, I see. I, I tend to disagree, especially with in a modern setting, because I think it's a lot easier for people to get involved when they can picture where they're at and what they're doing. Now, if I was to run fantasy, yeah, there. Well, of course, if it's fantasy, yes, because we live in medieval Huntsville. Um, no, no, that's that's when you get to the end of the fantasy campaign and you discover that this all happened at a Ren fair. Okay, or it was all a dream, or a LARP. It was a big LARPing weekend, or it's the new VR from Sony. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We can keep going that, but no. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think that'd be kind of funny way to end a campaign. I had and then a f- you and oh, then sorry. you all go home, and the LARPing weekend is over. <laughs> nice. Actually, I had a friend end his fantasy campaign by saying, "And then you know, you wake up and realize you've been in this. Well, you don't wake up, but you you suddenly realize you're in a VR simulator. Hmm. And then we switched from fantasy to cyberpunk." So yeah, that's, a, that's that that those are ways to uh, shift genres. Like, you know, suddenly you everyone goes home from the LARPing weekend, and now it's a World of Darkness game. Yep. Yeah, it's a great way for a transition, especially if you can transition systems without affecting the characters too much. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, we took um, we took D D characters, and it was it wasn't a one for one, but it was pretty easy to just put them back into shadow run yeah. for some things. Cause the races were still there. The magic is still there. So mm. yeah, you could do that with, you definitely could do that with world darkness, especially with like things like mage. So, mm-hmm. and Hunter and demon. I've mean, seen this episode of supernatural. <laughs> it can work. Yes. Oh, <laughs> such a good show. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, well, I mean, this all kind of summarizes what I'm trying to get at is, you know, I think one thing that a lot of players and GMs skip out on, unless you're running a module, right, is background. Um, for no, players, well, wait, 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 wait. When you say unless you're running a module, I think you mean that if you're running a module, it doesn't really matter. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. The yeah. way you said it, it sounded like people only come up with good backstories when they're playing a module. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, I don't I think that, that's the way it works, Tim. No, no, I was mean that. I, in my head, I said, as a GM, <laughs> yeah. you're running a module, you don't have to worry about so much. But with players, uh, I mean, this is what my my whole idea started around because, you know, as I'm reading Corporea and I'm reading, you know, the fluff behind the the pre-gens is that there's, there's some things that, you know, I'm going to keep saying, you know, until it, you know, and then, you know. It's okay, man. I know. Thanks. I know you know. That's the worst part. (laughs) I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. Uh, No. um, Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. What I was trying to get at is, you know, I I looked back. See, told you I was in Didion. Yeah, I I know. (laughs) I look back at, you know, from when I started Mm -hmm. running. I know. (laughs) (laughs) From when I started playing D&D and the character concepts that I came up with, then, you know, then <laughs> it's going to bother me. Then, <laughs> and I'm going to break you of it. <laughs> I know. Then transitioning, you know. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then transitioning over the years to, you know, to. <laughs> <laughs> to, to more in-depth characters and adding new players. You find that. Some players have the same pitfalls over and over again. Mm-hmm. For example, 
it's in, it's inevitable for a person playing a wizard to somewhere in their background say the following, I am adventuring to seek knowledge. <laughs> I did have a wizard <laughs> that that was his whole shtick. And I had a world of darkness mage that so that was his shtick. That's fine. But I'm not saying there's an issue with using the cliches for characters. Mm-hmm. For example, the dwarf who wants to dig in, wants to become king of the mountain and brew lots of beer. That's a cliche. It's great. I don't know if I'd say it's great, but it's a cliche. Cliche. However, saying something along the lines of I am a bastard of my clan and I want to rise up in the ranks and you, the head of the clan kicked me out and now I want revenge. Those are, this is where I'm, where the topic is eventually going to lead to, which is the more in-depth a player gives a background, the better it is for the GM. Mm. Yeah, I guess. How, you guess? Oh, sir, <laughs> sir. If you only guess, you have a retort. So I am waiting. No, not yet. I'm going to hold my retort. I hold my action. You hold your action? Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. So I'm going to go ahead and take an additional action. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'll jump in front of the initiative order anytime here. Okay. I'm not saying that your background should be to the point of I'm this all-powerful character that's been banished from my homeland. I'm not talking about pulling one of those. What I'm referring to is providing plot hooks in your background for the GM to help write an adventure and get your character involved in the story. Hmm. What's been interesting to me is sometimes I've seen groups where they randomize everything. Listen, Rogue Trader was a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, the Rogue, Rogue Trader didn't randomize. You just had like charts that you followed to flow charts to build your backstory, which I thought was actually incredibly useful for especially newer players. But um, or people new to the setting. Um, but the thing I saw is like I, I, I saw one group one time that they would roll everything, including gender and sexual orientation of their characters and attributes related to those things. So it was very weird to see like things that I would consider most people to have like core preferences and playing those, mm-hmm. you know, to just leave it up to a die roll. Yeah, it's like, oh, if you roll high, you're going to gender bend this this campaign, this character. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it just seemed, you know, taking it to another level. I think those guys just played way too much and got bored. <laughs> we used to play eight hours a night for two weeks straight for seven years. <laughs> um, two weeks straight for seven years. I your your math there is um. No, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. learn to math. <laughs> maths no that's my point is the people who that's what i mean i'm not saying there's anything wrong mm-hmm. with with role-playing a, a campaign for years i'm not saying that but i do know what you're talking about like the group that's done everything played out all the cliches mm-hmm. you have to kind of mix it up a little bit those groups either stop playing or they start doing really weird stuff like Spelljammer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is where I'm petting you and saying it's okay. <laughs> Dude, at least buy me dinner first. Yeah, well, that that comes at Gen Con. Okay. 
hear that, everybody? Tim's buying dinner for everyone. No, because <laughs> I don't want to suddenly 100. Okay, as long as it's pizza. <laughs> California will, Pizza Kitchen. It's a couple uh, doors down. No, I will call Domino's. You, <laughs> Tim. Tim, we're through. Oh, wow. Wouldn't be the first time. You'll come crawling back, baby. I suddenly feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, I mean, for me, I think GMing a table, and even if it's something where the module has the environment for me already, or running inside a setting, not just a module, but a full setting like Greyhawk or Eberron, even when I have all that information, I, I kind of, I guess as a GM, I look at, you know, look at my players and I want to provide them the most unique experience, right? Or give them a really good story so that when everybody's sitting around on a bunch of couches talking about war stories of their, their roll and dice days, I want one of my stories to be that war story and not in the, that GM was a dick. But wasn't he? Oh, I was, but I think it's I think it's sad when I look at a player background and it is something like a one or two line of I seek knowledge or I don't know. I want uh, want to protect. I I want to protect. I'm jumping initiative here. Okay. Because I actually, in my experience, my favorite characters that I've had Mm -hmm. and some of the ones that turned out to be some of the more rich characters had very simple backstories. And it was useful in my case because I didn't box myself in with too many limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one character who was a you know Chinese guy with a bad accent, and he was a he was a nightclub owner and a techno mage. Okay, and I spoke with a horrible Chinese accent all the time. Are you from Russia? No, it was. It wasn't that bad. No, it. No, no, I wasn't from Russia, mate. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it, it was like there was one of the other characters' name was his name was Eddie, and so he was called Fast Eddie because he was a tank driver. And, right. Yeah, and uh, you know, he'd be like, oh, oh, Fast Eddie, very nice to meet you. Yes, yes, you have a very, very lovely t- um, daughter. Yes, daughter. <laughs> and we're talking about his, you know, young goth girlfriend in game. So yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it was, um, you know, just horrible over the top accent. I can't even do it quite right anymore, but, um, and it was just, it was an extremely simple, you know, character concept that I just had a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be one of my richer characters. Um, but I didn't go into why the hell is this guy running a night, cl- uh, you know, Chinese restaurant slash discotheque. A Chinese restaurant slash discotheque. Yes, but you created that at while you were creating the character, though, right? That's something a lot more substantial that people can work with than just I'm a nightclub owner. Well, what kind of nightclub do you run? What nightclub? What kind of club do you? You know, is it as you put? It, it's a Chinese restaurant slash discotheque. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more than just a one line sentence. I'm a nightclub owner. Yeah, but it's also a lot less than going into, well, you know, I am in the family business and um, I come from a long line of Chinese restaurateurs, but I love breakdancing. So you open a discotheque? Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm just saying it's a 
there's a, there's a long line between like writing several paragraphs about your character and just coming up with a series of one liners. Well, I wasn't referring to writing a novel. I think there are some levels where there are some people that that's what they love doing, which Mm -hmm. is writing the novel to hand the GM. Like my sister was killed and I was raised by wolves. Then these ghosts took me in and now I'm think I'm a corporal, you know, wolf hunter person. I saw that episode of true blood. It was great. Uh, but what I'm trying to get at is that there's a difference between that and just pulling the cliche out just because that's, you know, there, there's no envisioning or enriching that character. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, again, this is what I, I mean, I feel that it helps, it helps give you a better, like it helps you define your character a lot more than, I'm just a wizard and I'm going to go blow shit up. Hmm. I mean, that again, this is different opinion, but this is how I, I feel that there should be at least something of I'm a pyromancer uh, or, you know, I'm a pyromaniac that even that small piece well, I, I really think what you, what ends up happening, at least for me, is that I find like a central trope of some sort, mm-hmm. um, and I, and then I end up fleshing the character out around that central to- trope, right? Right. Like yeah. so that that uh, Doctor Wong, which was his name, Doctor Wong. Uh, of course, it was. He, he wasn't an actual <laughs> doctor, but you know, every that's it was Doctor Wong's discotheque. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so Dr. Wong, you know, he was a computer guy and he mm-hmm. had the trinary computers. This was back in the old mage. Yeah. You know, trinary computer, techno wizard guy, you know, hacking the government satellites, control reality, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that was the initial idea. I was like, well, you know, what that, why is it, you know, what the hell is Dr. Wong? You know, why, why does he do that? And, oh, he, he runs a nightclub and a restaurant. Yeah. And so I kept adding on a few things here and there. And uh, that's how I kind of got it all started. Right. Mm-hmm. But you had a central theme and you did do some fleshing of your character so that you had, you know, you had in mind who Dr. Wong was. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what I'm trying to get at is that that core piece is, I think some people, some players take for granted and they expect the GM to roll with a character without having some kind of centralized you know, something about that character that, you know, that, you know, a central character to help shape a story. And that's what this whole tip is, is flesh out the character a little bit more. Hmm. I mean, we've seen some systems and we even talked about one a while back on the show where we're talking about the uh, ultimate campaign book Mm -hmm. uh, from Pat, from uh, Piazzo, 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 Pizza, Um, Pizza, Pizza. Um, you know, where it actually got into the point where you were trying to not do necessarily a novelization, but really flesh out the details of the backstory and force you to think about a lot of things about your character. Um, I think for the right group of gamers, that can be an amazing tool. But after we tried to work with it, we did it a little bit, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like it worked out well and bad at the same time. No, I, I concur. You know, because I think by pro- trying to provide 
too much detail, you ended up not being able to adapt the character because he was, you know, shoehorned too much into a given role or into a given mindset. Mm-hmm. When, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of, hell, I don't even know what the right word is for this, but there's a lot of, um, you know, just forcing of the, of the personality types to not completely clash and to get along and to, yes, you all, you five people who have never met and have no reason to trust each other are going to go off and risk each other's lives in, in the hands of the others and do something amazing. Well, that, that goes hand to hand with another part I was going to talk about, which is when you have a group, I know for like one of the groups I I rolled with for a while is while we were coming up with backgrounds, the, like we have one person, they weren't good at writing backgrounds. They would say something like they would go with, I'm playing an orc who's pissed at the world. I'm like, okay, we got your cliche. Let's, let's kind of like, why are you pissed at the world? I don't know. Let's go with my brother was killed. Excellent. What was he killed by humans? There we go. We have your full character concept. You hate humans. You want to find your the, the person who killed your brother. He's like, yeah, I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, with the group, though, is that if you have like a group that's going to get together. And, yeah. And then you look at it. It's like you realize there's three humans in this party, right? Right. <laughs> just, just just checking here. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. Are you going to kill them in their sleep? Yes. OK. Just check. He, he, act, he did actually kill one in their sleep. Well, he probably deserved it. No. Or hitting bastard. It was more about the fact that that character decided to have a favorite enemy orc. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this was this yeah. was as bad as our as one of our friends that wanted to play a, uh, a paladin in that one campaign. <laughs> oh god, that was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> so I I cast attack evil. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, it's all lawful and neutral. <laughs> But there's a lot of evil here. I I still don't know if Victor was necessarily evil. I think he was just more chaotic neutral. I would say Victor was more chaotic neutral. But what I was trying to get at is that if 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 you're playing with a group of people you know, the good thing is if everybody's starting to flush out the background and every player is, you know, coming up with that concept, you can help out the GM by saying, like, these three people, they're already together. They knew each other in the past. And these two people, they're there for X reason, and you help progress along. Or in the case of I ran on uh, Scott's table, um, friend of the show, uh, Lakeland Roleplaying Guild, is I was a paladin of Ares. And hmm. the whole the whole party needed to come to me because they didn't have a any kind of warrior in the group. So all of a sudden, you know, there's this, well, pissed off war, blood hungry <laughs> paladin joining the group, which variant D and D rules. Let it go. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I thought <laughs> the, uh, the paladin of Artemis would have made a much better fit. It probably would have, but Ares <laughs> was Aries kind of was, in the story at the time. So that's why I chose Ares as well. Sorry. Every time you say Ares, I can't help but to think back to Hercules and Xena and that actor that played Ares for all those years. Yes. That, (laughs) that is Ares in my mental picture. Like, see, and here's what we're talking about back with the settings, right? Yeah. I saw these TV shows. That is Ares now. (laughs) It's the same way how I feel about, I'm going to be very skeptical about reading book six of Game of Thrones because I'm going to picture everybody in the show. Yep. 
Yeah, it's, it, same. It already happened to me for book five. Oh, that's right, because you read book five. Oh, right. oh actually, I, actually, it was even further back. That was like book yeah. three on. I I was well into the show at that point. I forgot about that. And yeah. so you know, every mm-hmm. now and again, I'll I'll they'll introduce a new character that I hadn't seen when I read that part of the book yet. Mm-hmm. But like. You know, even retroactively, Tyrion no longer looks like what he used to look like. He now no, looks Peter like, Dinklage. <laughs> yeah. which hey, that's that's pretty awesome. But yeah. <laughs> why do we have to be visual readers? Yeah, um, I don't know. When I read, I have a tendency to sit there and just like see the story as I'm reading. That's yeah. when I know it's a good book. Yeah, same here. That's I call the it's visual reading because it plays like a movie in your head. Okay, fancy terms. Anyway. You got you got pictures in your head. Anyway, but what I'm um, sure, that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the with a group of five, everybody. Well, I'm using a standard group, but a group of five can come up and come up with a reason why they're already all together. So there is none of that. The first night you're all in the bar, and you're the GM sitting there on you know he or she's thinking on their feet going I have no idea how I'm going to bring I don't know how I'm going to bring the rogue the trickster mage the pissed off barbarian the tree hugging druid and the elven mage I don't know how I'm going to do this you know next time I have that question to ask myself as a GM I know exactly how I'm going to do it a giant bar fight nope nope you're all sitting in the bar Mm-hmm. And then this rich guy walks in and says, you, 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 and you come with me. <laughs> I immediately say no. And then, and then his thugs come and pick you up. Yeah. Well, then yeah. there's uh, text boxing. Yeah. Bad GM. Bad GM. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I think that's about the only case where, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's an excusable thing to text box the party forming. Yes. Sometimes it is. Final Fantasy did it. Yeah. And that works sometimes. Well, it depends uh, on the Final Fantasy, but up anyway. Through, up through about eight. <laughs> yeah, nine. They still text box you in nine because you're... No, 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 but that's just when it stopped working. Oh, yeah, well, MMOs. Uh, <laughs> MMOs mm. ruined RPGs. <sighs> I'm just going to say RPGs ruined MMOs. Yeah, okay, or vice versa. Anyway, <laughs> so the the tip I am, the tips I'm going with on players is Simply don't just come up with, you know, don't like put a little thought into it to flesh out the character. Even Dr. Wong example is a good one because it was like (laughs) Dr. Wong, Dr. Wong, Dr. Wong is a good example of doing the minimal, but in my opinion, still, you know, enough to where a GM can latch into it. Right. Because you own this nightclub. It's a, you know, it's a Chinese restaurant and discotheque. I can work with that because I could be like, so your father, blah, blah, and I can help, sh- you know, shape it with you. Or you can say, you know, this is how I got the restaurant, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, in some cases for some GMs, they give you bonus XP for doing those things. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am one of those GMs. A good background nets you bonus points. I don't know. It, it, to kind of contrast it with another one of my characters I had, I had, um, I forget what the character's name was now. Because it wasn't very special. Let's go with Bob. Okay. So Bob was an overconfident archer. That was his character concept. But it, he wasn't just overconfident. He was, and this literally happened one time in a game. He peeked over the ledge because he was scouting ahead. And there was an army down there. A freaking like thousands of people army. <laughs> All right. 
camp, you know, as far as the eye can see. He comes back to the rest of the party. He's like, yeah, there's a couple people over the hill, but don't worry, we can take it. <laughs> so um, another time he was scouting ahead in a um, in a cave and he peeked around the he peeked around and it's like there was a strange looking little uh well, this kind of looks like a dragon, but it's got a couple of heads. I don't know what's going on with that. And eh, no. the term you're looking for is Hydra. And eh, no big deal. Oh, okay. I'll just I'll just hide behind the rock and start shooting arrows at the heads <laughs> from, you know, shoot concealed shot. Um, I, about the time he had about 35 heads, I was like, eh, OK, maybe maybe I should walk away. I'm getting bored. And so I walked back to and by and passed the rest of the party on the way out. It's like, yeah, there's a lizard inside. Eh. And it's kind of angry. Yeah. So like this, what would have been for this group to be a relatively low combat, low challenge combat turned out to be a pretty major combat because the Hydra had like 40 heads. Ah, Brian. Well, I could fire like four or five arrows around at that point. Okay. Listen, power gamer. I need you to take a step back for a second. Oh, no. It was like (laughs) three or four, three or four arrows around and around with six seconds and. I had a lot of arrows. Each arrow destroyed a head. Yeah. That's, yeah. But that, like, getting the that, like, fleshed out concept, even that is good, is what I'm trying to get at. It's something that will shape the character. <laughs> All I had was that he had severe perception issues. <laughs> but you probably... As you said it, you know, you 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 pick this this core concept of the character... And then you'll either build it out or the GM will, right? Sure. That's what you just said a few minutes ago. Well, that's how you I pick that, a central trope. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's how I started doing it. I, I, I had I had a central trope. I don't know if it ever got past that with this guy. Mm. Just being honest. Well, that's fair. You know, um, he had he had exactly three skills. Mm-hmm. He had track, hide in shadows, and like I think it I think it was just like search or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would I would hide in plain sight because my because it was that good, and then I would sneak off and I'd get into trouble and come back, and it was never a big thing. Oh man, mm. you know what the favorite part about playing that character was though? What the rest of the party knew, like out of character, this is what was going to happen. As soon as I rounded the corner and saw the Hydra, everyone else face palmed. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Cause they, that, by that point they had figured it out, mm. but they were good. They didn't like rush ahead to catch up with me. That's, um, you were special. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. That's one way. But on the flip side of that, so let's, let's turn the tables, right? Let's, let's go to the other side of the field and we'll go to the GM side. This one, I don't know. We both have two different GM styles. If you say so. Well, we we do. <laughs> Just saying, we both have uh, sat down and talked our philosophy on some things and how you would do things differently than I would, et cetera. Et cetera. Anyway, so there's... Hey, you don't know me. You're right. I have no idea who you are. What, are, what am I even doing here? Mm. Mm. But... You have a couple different ways of background as well as trying to get at. 
<clears throat> is that if you're running a module, you're running a setting that's already done for you, right? And the background. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yes. Uh, and those backgrounds help you kind of get an idea of who the character is, what their motives are. I know in some adventures, it's like the the person will start cackling or will always look, be looking around the room while talking to the players. And you can kind of drop those hints or you can, you know, say perception check. Ah, oh, he's weirdly looking around the room or in some of our cases where we act out our characters. You start looking around the room weirdly and it's like, are you OK, Tim? No. But- My character's <clears throat> stumbling. He had too much to drink. <laughs> No, that's because you downed that fifth of vodka. Anyway, so in those cases, luckily the work's done for you. And then then that really comes down to your ability to craft the scene and get the players involved in it. But the cases where you are not, let's say it's a homebrew setting or you're running a con game or you're putting together pre-gens for your players because maybe you're testing out something. Like, for example, I used to run once a year, I would run a zombie sometime during Halloween. I'd run a zombie game back in back in Florida and I would just pre-gen the characters. I'd write a couple snippets to give the idea of what the character is and kind of who they are. Just so the players, when they read it now, some players will go into that con mindset and we'll just be like, OK, let's just power power game our way through. But then there's other players who will who like reading the background. They'll be like, oh, okay, so I'm this really, you know, I'm father blank and, you know, I've I've had to kill some people to, you know, save my congregation. And so I'm a little demented inside. Sure. Yes, I know I'm playing cliches. Just let it go. Let it go. But I <laughs> said I'm pulling cliches. I'm sorry. I know. I let it go uh, a long time ago. Okay, but when when you have something like that, in the case of pre-gen characters and you're making that background, it, it, the, the same rules for being a player are in the reverse for the GM is, you know, provide the player something to work with, not just you're a dude or you're a chick, you have a gun. My first character was Mute. Okay. He lasted for two sessions before I got deathly bored. And they killed you? No, I just got really bored. And he wandered off. Oh, well, you tend to do that. No. Not like no. this. No. But I mean, that's, that's he how He was I also feel. a wizard. So, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I had, to, have, I, I, had to, have, I had to silent everything. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah. Talk about those increased spell levels for no reason. It's okay. The GM gave me a, because it was such a big detriment for the sake of a character concept, he gave me a pretty big bonus to like other parts of the character. So it it averaged out. So again, good character concept just was boring to play. Yeah. Yeah. But so back onto what I was saying is it's, I mean, I think it's important to do that if you're doing like con games or pre-gens. Now, if you're creating your own world, that's a whole nother topic I'm not even going to go into, but it's a good idea to probably have some background for your NPCs. Mm. Like your major NPCs. Just saying, have an idea of who they are and what they're going to do. Who, Just, is, who is his daddy and what does he do? Well, he was the sheriff of Nottingham and he was a real bastard. Wait, I thought this was a made up setting. Yeah, I went with Robin Hood. 
I suppose technically it's made up. Yeah. You unoriginal bastard. Sorry. But yeah. <laughs> I mean that that I mean and Okay. So, same, so, oh. so going back here, because this is bugging me. Okay, go ahead. I mean you you're way late, so I skipped around. Okay. Um no, just you know, going back because it, I don't. I still don't know about playing in a like real setting. <laughs> Are we really going back to this? I don't know. It's bugging me. Okay. Sure. Sure. Let's let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It, it, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like it? Why do I like putting into the modern setting? Mm-hmm. Um, it gives something that everybody knows, which is good, because some people have a hard time. Not everybody can picture a scene, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how much you describe it, some people just can't picture it. And I mean, that's why you know miniatures are popular. Uh, people who construct amazing beautiful you know maps and sets the good thing about a modern setting in the town you live in is pretty much everybody can picture what's going on like if i told you we were all walking down the street past btr everybody at our table knows what that is knows where it's at and has a good idea when i say the guy's bare you know is running down towards church street everybody knows what i'm talking about well that's because you picked in our case two places incredibly close to our day day job when we actually did this in the world of darkness game that you ran you referenced fast food restaurants on south parkway that i had never been to (laughs) and had no idea where they were really were in relation to anything but i'm like i think i vaguely know until i said something like the humor or pipe shop you're like okay i know where i'm at yeah i just had to pick a location you knew Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess that's the, the bad counterpoint to that one, though, is mm-hmm. it's hard to guarantee universal knowledge. Well, true in some cases. But then, in, again, knowing your players, you can pick out kind of what they're going to like. hopefully know around the area. Yeah. Short of picking out our office, though, I don't know where you what else you could pick out that everyone would seriously know. Hmm. That and the places we eat lunch on Friday. Oh, see. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know. I still probably could. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And then I, I really do get one. You know, I, I really do think that it, in the same way that a good sh- that a good book can be not ruined but affected by a TV or movie, mm-hmm. um, you would have the same thing. Versus, you know, I played uh, the Doctor Wong character was based out of um, St. Louis. I've never been to St. Louis. I have a few vague concepts of what St. Louis might be like, but. You know, uh, no one else in the only the GM had ever even been to St. Louis, and um, you know, but it was we all had this mental image. We you know we didn't really care too much about the in betweens between places, mm-hmm. but you know, we we knew the areas that we lived in, uh, as it were. Um, another interesting thing I find too, and I guess this doesn't apply so much for. Um, for game settings as much as it does just reusing realistic settings in general. Um, I was reading an interview with Laurel K. Hamilton mm-hmm. where she talked about how in her early books, it surprised her at how people would track down the locations in her books. <laughs> so after about, you know, the third or fourth one, she got kind of creeped out by it 
because <laughs> it's like there is a house in like the third or fourth book where a uh, where an adult party happened, mm-hmm. and that house is a real house. And you, you know, like people died in the book and all this other things happened. And, you know, people were tracking down these people's at their houses. Like, Hey, can I come in and look around? Well, that's a whole nother topic entirely. of People <laughs> going a little too far. Yeah. I mean, the fandoms can't always go too far, but, um, you know, I mean, the, it's just kind of a very interesting thing to think about. And so from that point on, she decided nothing bad would ever happen at a real place mm-hmm. in her book. So like all the fill, all the fluff and filler stuff, you know, happens in the, uh, in real places, but like the bad stuff doesn't happen there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's, there's something to say though, for the ability to pick out what's going on. Another really, two really good examples where that was beneficial was take a look at, uh, infamous second son, which takes place in Seattle Mm-hmm. To the point where there are major landmarks, not even major landmarks. There are some minor ones that the, the you know the set the, the level designers put into the game, and it was it was a re, a pretty good realistic piece of Seattle. Yeah, and that helped with some people because some it, it, some people are like, oh, I know there's a shortcut around this area, and sure enough, there was a shortcut there. That just means that people that live in No Seattle had easy mode. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then you see like Rockstar does the same thing. That well, not the same thing because the cities they come up in are like parodies of the real ones. And you know, yeah, you might be able to find something that's very close to X, Y, or Z, but it's very rare to find something that's spot on. Well, that's fair. I mean, take a look at what uh, also what Assassin's Creed. You know, Assassin's Creed Two. They flew everybody out to Italy for months to basically recreate Italy as it. You know. Minus obviously modern stuff, but where some of the the big landmark locations were the you know very prominent parts of Italy they recreated. Hmm. So I mean, there's something to say where it is a good thing, and yeah, I I I do see your point though that it can cause you to <laughs> you it will it, it's in your mind and it kind of takes you out of the fantasy. I yeah, can, I can understand that. Yeah, it, it, stuff like you know. Uh, my character owns X, Y, and Z building, right? And suddenly, if I know exactly what that's like in real life, I cannot envision it how my character might have done it. Hmm. You know, um, it kind of pops me out of the immersion a little bit. Well, that's why, like, for example, when we created the yellow sign is we put it someplace, but it was completely different than what that location looks like. You're right. It was like Max. You mean Alistair's? Whatever. You know what anyway, I'm talking about. The bartender was Max, but No, Mac. Oh, Mac, yes, yes. But Max. It, but but I'm talking about in terms of the location is that we were you know, we spun it to where it wasn't just it's where, you know, three skillets was. Mm. You know, it had a completely different design and it worked out in that case. Yeah. Um like I said, I will I will concede and say yes, it can. And that's and that's a whole other topic entirely about you know setting a scene and that's you know well we've kind of covered it here too a little bit a little bit but that I mean in, to, in terms of like the topic as a whole but oh I do have good news for you and the listeners oh no oh don't 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 what I do I do it's great news oh no 
my new chair comes early next week. Oh, thank you. So hopefully it won't be as squeaky. Oh, thank you. I don't have to keep muting parts of the parts of the editing. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, if we were to if we were to go down this 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 hole a little bit more, I think sometimes a a physical representation. Well, not a physical representation. Sorry, a another medium such as a video game or a or a movie or a show that's taken from say like a book or an RPG helps in a lot of ways for people to either envision something, maybe the, the other mediums were having a hard time expressing, but most times I'm going to have to agree with you. It kind of ruins it. Like a good example, Dresden. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was able to flush that show out of my head because I can never picture Harry Dresden as the guy who was in in the Dresden files. (laughs) I love Can't that actor, actor, though. I love that actor. Love the actor. Can't picture him as yeah, Harry have Dresden. You, have you seen him in Arrow? Yes, I love Arrow. Arrow is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, no, he, he does really good in that one. But yeah, I think, you know, and then, there, of course, there's Bob versus Bob in the Dresden, yes. which wasn't even really the same concept of a character. Oh, no, the concept was not the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, they both lived in a skull, and that was about the end of the concept difference. But um. Yes. Bob's a pervert. That Bob was not really. <laughs> no, he he also was not a uh, elemental spirit. Yes, he was a he was a dead wizard. Dead wizard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a very that, naughty boy. Yes. But I mean, in, in those cases, I think it does ruin it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just it, it has a, it has a downside too. I guess is the only thing I'm trying to get over. No, I, I I don't I don't disagree with you in a lot of ways. Uh, there's very few mediums, or sorry, very few examples of where the additional medium medium helped, like f- you know, kind of bring out the picture, or that, or it matched exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you know. But eh, anyway, so yeah, back to what I was saying about backgrounds. <laughs> As I think it's I think it's important for a GM to have players who give backgrounds at the same time, if he's forcing something, provide that background to the player. Mm. Such as like a con game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the tips are, you know, write something that if you're a player, have a central concept. Which let it be if it's okay for it to be a trope or an overdone cliche. Agreed. Just, just, it, they are they are they are classics for a reason. Run with them. Yep, and give it your own little personal spin in there, so that you you know you feel invested in the character. And if you're a GM, lay out a good background because you're probably gonna have to come up with a lot of history. Because if you've ever run anything like I do with all my players, all the time, someone has to inevitably ask a question that I have never thought of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep, and that's about it on this tip from epic turn is you know make a trope flush it out you good yep and yeah. you know play, <laughs> if you're playing in a modern thing use a real setting or not they're they're, they're both good and bad yep yeah anyway so so there though so there was actually a kickstarter that i wanted to talk about okay oh i want to talk about this because i think it looks amazing oh boy oh yes Oh, yes. I'll be linking in the show notes. It's called Armello. 
It is a tabletop game digital. So, you know. Oh, is this the Skylanders thing? No, no, no. That's Prodigy. Oh, okay. No, this is a role-playing strategy card board game. On the computer. On the computer. With dice and cards and lots of awesome, like, looking stuff. Just looking at their little, you know, animated GIF here, it, it kind of uh, looks like. What is that game that Willie brought over? Uh, oh. Which one? <laughs> I wonder. You have a kingdom that looks like this, and you have to build walls and stuff. Kingsburg? No, I don't know if you were there for playing it. I can't remember the name. Of it. Good game though. Mm. Oh, um, was that? Um, I thought that was. I thought that was Craig that brought that one. That was. Um, uh, oh, maybe it was. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna make me do this. Excuse me, listeners, while you hear me type on my keyboard because it's gonna uh, domain. I think is the one. Yes, domain. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Second it, try without having to go look it up. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah. kind of like domain. It really does, and I like the whole. It it, it it's interesting because I like the whole concept of both dice and, um, dice and cards. And it is a board game where you're trying to capture pieces and it looks really cool. Um, I also like the whole animal thing. I think it's kind of nice. I, they pulled like the biggest cliche though with the winter wolf. So I kind of was laughing at that or how the, the rogue character is called mercy. Uh, I can't even say anymore. Mercio, <laughs> but mm. it, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's going to be done in the next six days. So by the time this episode airs, it will probably be like three days left. If that, <laughs> If that, yeah, it depends. Um, it depends on uh, how busy I get on Sunday, which I shouldn't be. So, Thane, the Winter Wolf. Yes, it looks interesting. Um, I, I, I just kind of want to touch on it. If you, it looks like it's going to be an interesting concept. I, I also like because uh, I like the whole animated cards and the game board changes as as it's being played, so it's not the same game. The fact that it's going to be completely cross-platform, meaning Mac, PC, Linux, and uh, tablet devices is another big win for me. I do uh, like the animated cards where, like, the Berserker has, like, its breath coming out and stuff. Uh, or the where, – where's the other one they have the, on here? The Vile the, Officer where it's, yep. it looks like a, 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 a grotesque pig and he's in there eating. While filling out paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, I backed it. I backed it for the the – minimal i think let me see no i did the i'm doing the uh 55 tier which is where you get the the special clan that's kickstarter only mm-hmm. and that's it um it's it's all in australian denominations so wait you're looking at what does that mean i don't know i don't know how to translate this to real money <laughs> aud it's less than it's so basically 55 translates to i think about 40 bucks mm-hmm. u.s so, okay. yeah, uh, I'm doing that one. And then the other one I've uh, I've backed. Actually, it's already over. Never mind. I won't even talk about it then. You'll just have to wait for it to come out and I'll do my review on it. But mm. yes. oh, did you see the um, the the game tray thing? Yeah. Oh, that was the other one. You. Yes. You get this one. You get this one. Go, go, go. So uh, Jamie from the show. Um, linked. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Um, linked the, the game trays, I think. Ah, yeah. Okay, here's their Facebook page. So uh, 
it's kind of exactly the idea that we were talking about uh, a couple of shows ago where we wanted like custom box inserts that you could put in and it would organize everything. Um, and so this looks, this looks really cool. They have the, they're giving away, um, some copies of their euphoria insert set. And I, I, I hope this does well. I really do. I hope it takes off because I would like to see stuff yeah. for like my ultra horror and <laughs> madness and yeah. euphoria once I buy it because I will be buying oh. euphoria now. Well, and they're, 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 they're putting together one for Terra Mystica. Uh, if you look at their Facebook page, yep. there's a bunch of machine outs where they're, they're doing prototyping, which is, uh, it's pretty cool. I don't know, but this is almost exactly what I was looking for. Almost. Someone beat us, beat us to us, Brian. We're, I'm sad. I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, you know, all those listeners we have yeah, someone hey. stole our idea. Hey, well, I'm, I'm just an idea guy. It's your job to run with it. Oh, oh, see, I missed that memo. Yeah, that's what you get for not checking the email. Yeah, I really should. Or the pigeon. Oh, man, I cooked that. I'm so sorry. You ate my memo. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, kinda. Yeah. It was good though. I started with some mm-hmm. like red you know, some red potatoes and mm-hmm. a little bit of little up. bit glaze, demi glaze, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. good. <laughs> um. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean the, the other thing, you know, so the other thing I was thinking about this week is again when reading Corporea is that I just, you know, I'm not a bigger Ethereum legend. I'm more, you know, Lovecraftian in that ways. But I did think that there are some things I can combine with that. Mm-hmm. It could be good. Yeah. Um, of course, I did the Mage fanboy thing that I did and backed the uh, physical backing of the, the Mage 20th anniversary book. Mm-hmm. You know, the good Mage before they ruined it. Matter of opinion. I just like the old lore better. That's all. It's okay. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, anyway, go ahead. I don't know. That's all I got. Oh, let's see. Well, no, what I was trying to go with is so I, I don't know. I might I might go more Cthulhu base than Arthurian, but I I don't know yet. It's going to be kind of weird. Uh, we mm, ooh, that I'll believe. Yeah, yeah, I know you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, we got some new board games in, so we should be looking at a review sometime soon. Uh, yes, we got the Street Fighter board game in. Uh, the DC uh, Deck Builder expansion. Yep, we got that in. Uh, uh, new Smash Up expansion. Uh, Gauntlet of Fools, which I'm very curious to see how that well that plays out. I, it sounds really fun, though. I think I know what we should do for our next set. Mm. And just run with me on it. Mm. These games that only take like 20 or 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you just do an episode of covering like two or three of them together. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. Love Letter. I really want to talk about Love Letter. There's not much to say. So, yeah. No, that's how awesome it is, though. Yeah. I want to I want to loop it in with, you know, I, I figure we could do like love letter, cheating mages and something else altogether. I still have I played cheating mages. You haven't played cheating mages yet. I have a copy. It's wait, like, wait, was which one was the one I played where you're in like a death match? Oh, that was Epic Spell Wars. That was Epic Spell Wars. Yeah. Which yeah. is also very good. Yeah. <sighs> ah, too many games. So little time. OK, step one. We need to invent another Saturday. we'll call it other day other day step two convince everybody else to celebrate other day every day every day step three play all games on other day yes step four 
Profit. Profit. Yeah. Yeah. Profit. Okay. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means you listeners. <laughs> all, all hell of the day. All hell of the day. Yes. So, you know, tweet us other day. Yes. Let us Hashtag know. other day. Tell us the games you play on other day. Yes. What games you would play on other day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I think, I think that's it for this week. Um, you know, just, you know, come up with good character concepts and good character backgrounds. You know, your GM will thank you and GMs, your players will thank you. And, and failing that, just make up one that's so annoying, it'll get your character killed the first game. Yes. Or you get bored and walk out. Yeah. And if you need help, there's tons of trips websites. Yes. Two ducks walking to the bar. I forget the rest of the joke because I walked away. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's a little bit cleaner than the other version. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I think we're going to wrap it up here and say good night, everybody. Yeah. Night. <laughs> I, I, you know, college gaming episode seems to be our shorter ones. It is because it's not much to really talk about. Yeah. But it's a it's a good thing because I think, you know, any way we can help role playing games, the better. Because let's face it, a lot of them need a lot of help. You too can help your role playing games for one dollar a day to Epic Turn. What we will we will provide dice and a pencil to what? someone who d- cannot get dice and a pencil. I have no idea what you're talking about anymore. Remember, remember the commercials with yes, you know, yes, okay, yes. Anyway, <laughs> you'll be able to find our show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash twenty six. Wait, twenty six. We're on twenty six. <sighs> yep. You can follow us at Epic Turn. You can follow Brian at Kelton, which is K-A-E-L-T-E-N. Interesting to note, that was actually a name of a D&D character I had some 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, almost 15. Yeah, yeah, about 15 years ago. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, you can find me at Telshin, which surprisingly, uh, I'll be honest, is I never went by that for the longest time. And then uh, I created a a Pathfinder character and it's stuck ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Go figure. Anyway, and you can always find us on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe because we love feedback. And <laughs> until next time, have some epic turns. Later, guys. Y'all have a great week. And <laughs> bye. bye. Okay, I think I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. Once you're done with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got 33 more minutes in this episode. Yeah, I'm not waiting that long. Mm. <laughs> you said you would wait for me. Yeah. Okay, so I know that you were told when you were younger and you watched, you know, rom-coms. That- As you do. <laughs> you know, like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. That's... You know, one day Prince Charming would, you know, show up at your house and sweep you off your feet. Well, A, my name is not Charming. B, I feel I don't think I'm going to sweep you off your feet. And C, um, yeah, not going to happen. B, you. <laughs> and, and that's not making the cut. <laughs> and A, eh. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, all you gotta do is go in and like just bleep out the uh, the thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good at bleeping yet. Anyway, well, you need practice. I'll make sure to give you plenty of this episode. I rather you didn't. <laughs> <laughs>